and welcome to Women in Jazz, the podcast dedicated to amplifying the voices of female jazz musicians. I'm your host, Irani Nedvetsky, and each month I'll sit down with a different jazz musician to discuss what got her into jazz, her experience developing as a performer, and what life is like as a professional jazz musician today. My guest this episode is the award-winning saxophonist, arranger, and composer Purim Jin. Born in South Korea, Purdom began playing saxophone as a teen and developed her chops as a jazz musician in Seoul before being accepted to attend a master's program at the Manhattan School of Music in New York City. After graduating in 2017, Purdom moved to Charlottesville, Virginia for a year to join her partner, where she performed as a member of the great John Durth Sextet. Moving back to New York City in 2018, Purim has been establishing herself as a key figure in the New York City jazz scene and has played at international jazz festivals, including the Edinburgh Jazz and Blues Festival, Seoul Jazz Festival, DC Jazz Fest, and the Grec Music Festival in Spain. Her first album, The Real Blue, named after the English translation of her name from Korean, was released in 2019 to rave reviews, further cementing Purim's place as a leading figure in jazz today. Purim and I connected online in January 2021 to discuss her discovery of the saxophone and of jazz music as a teen in Korea, her experience studying at Manhattan School of Music, particularly as a young immigrant to the United States, some of the inspiration for her album The Real Blue, what it's been like continuing her career in music as a young mother, including touring Spain when her baby was just six months old, and some of her visions for the future. Thanks once again for your support and interest in this project. Stay tuned till after the interview for more updates on women in jazz. And don't forget to subscribe. Here's my chat with Purim. All right, let's do it. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining me. It's uh, I'm really happy to have you here. It's really exciting. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I'm also excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we can finally do this. Yes. (laughs) I guess I just wanted to start off since we're in such an unusual time for everyone right now, just to sort of start off with asking you what your experience of of this year has been like, this past COVID year. Well, I mean, since, you know, pandemic started, I tried, first time, actually, first few months, I tried to just, you know, survive mm-hmm. <laughs> with my family because at that time everything were closed, you know. So uh, my husband had to work at home. Also, my son has to <laughs> stay at home all the time. So, um, <laughs> yeah, first few months was, I don't know, like it was really hard <laughs> to yeah. deal with everything, you know, because we were all staying together like 24 hours every day, like for a couple of months. So, <laughs> but uh, then um, finally, I my son could go, you know, school like a little bit, like a couple of hours per day. So um, I started to, you know, just started like practice again. Yeah. But just then, like, oh, I need someone to play with me. Like, I need just one or two people. So I was looking around, like, who's whereas just mentioned uh, around my area and then I know really a good friend of mine who play bass so I tried to hook up you know him like yeah, let's play a little bit <laughs> yeah, yeah at home so yeah we're just trying to just playing music just keep playing music together and um, 
just as a trio or stuff. And then then we had a gig, something like that, uh, around the um, restaurant. It's just like 10 minutes from my place. So mm-hmm. we started play there like regularly, like every like Saturday, Friday. Mm-hmm. Then uh, I feel like, yeah, I try to, you know, keep my job. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's that's one thing I was kind of curious about is do you feel that this time has affected your creativity or like what you want to create in some way? <laughs> well, I mean, I... That's a big question yeah. to start, maybe. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, personally, like, it's not a fun time for me to create anything because I mostly... Uh, inspired mm-hmm. a lot from you know meeting people experience something mm-hmm. or going something like traveling but um right now just mm-hmm. staying at home and it was not that fun and i didn't really you know inspired anything like and then emotionally it's not that happy as well right so um yeah i don't know maybe someday after like after this and maybe someday I can think about this time and then maybe I can write some tune for this. But um, mm. yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. So um, I don't know. Uh, for the creativity, I mean, I don't know. It. Made, <laughs> I mean, it's really hard to, you know, say that. Like, oh, this is really good time yeah. for, you know, creative yeah or create music <laughs> or not, you know anything shit. but um yeah i try i try at yeah. least and then um, make music yeah i think that's a really good point because I, I don't know i i've heard varying responses from all sorts of creatives yeah. musicians and and so on and i think even for a lot of people i mean some of the most active and hard-working musicians that i know have been i would have expected them being the kind of people they are to have even energy to go through a time like this, mm-hmm. still creating and having, I don't know, but I've seen some of them just completely lose that, yeah, that fire and that momentum. And I think you said something interesting, which is perhaps after this mm-hmm. is all done, you know, we will be able to like yeah. look back on the time and draw from it as a creative kind of, I don't know, point of yeah. inspiration, but it's true while it's happening, I think it can be hard to Yeah. Use it. <laughs> I mean for now, yes. Uh but yeah, only thing I trying is just, you know, keeping my job as a musician mm-hmm. and um yeah, I try I just changed my mind, like just think about this time will be also a very rare time of my life because being with family all the time is kind of a rare chance right so um mm. yeah at least i could play a little bit with my friend that's actually the most happiest mm. part of me as a musician and then i feel like oh, i'm still grateful because i could play a little bit anyway with my friends even if it's just at home there's no audience but um still we're trying to make like little bit videos and recorded it a little bit. I mean, it's not professional recording, mm. but just, you know, through phone or recorder and um, just listening to my play uh, after, you know, like kind of post-corona <laughs> music for me. It's just like, uh, well, I don't know. It's just uh, so many emotions, actually. 
combined, but、um, still, I'm so grateful anyway I could play yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, taking it back to the complete other end of your musical experience,、um, you grew up in Korea, in South Korea, in Seoul. Is that in some part of Seoul? Or? No, actually,、uh, I, I grew up in,、uh, it's called Iksan, which is a really small city. It's, it's kind of the southern area, a little bit. <laughs> And it's a very small town. So, at that time, I started playing jazz. I'm sure there's no one know about what's jazz <laughs> in my town. Even my parents. Yeah, they had yeah, no、right. idea what's jazz. Wow. <laughs> I, I mean, they even like, expect anything like I, what I could be in the future. But,、um, yeah. So that's why I, my life as a jazz musician、uh, is kind of really, really unique. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so, if your parents didn't know anything about jazz and no one in your town knew anything about jazz,、mm-hmm. how did you get into jazz? How did you even start playing saxophone, actually? Yeah, so actually, first time I started playing saxophone, I didn't play jazz at the time. I learned to play classical music. But the, how I started playing saxophone, anyway,、uh, uh, at the time I was like 14, 15 years old.、Mm. And、uh, I got A chance to see、um, people playing. Actually, my school was really small, and、um, there's、uh, two more schools around. We shared all the,、uh, the door together, so、um, we can see each other, like, even we are in the, not in the same school, but、um, there's like three different schools in the, in the one location.、So oh, okay. It's like kind of a university. <laughs> So、uh, mm-hmm. I got a chance to see a、uh, performance to the,、uh, the school right next to our building. And then at the time they played, it was actually classical symphony orchestra. They played some music there. And、uh, they only like three or three years older than me at the time. But even though that I was really shocked because, wow, how, how they could play music and make kind of an ensemble together. It was really shocked to me, and then it, was, it looks really fun for me too. So,、um, mm. uh, the day I, I just decided, oh, maybe I should play music. I want to play music. So, just go. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Just go back home at the day. I, remember, I still remember that day. Just ask my parents, hey, you know what? I want to play music. I want to be a musician. Can I. <laughs> can I Start learning something right now, and they, they said, What? What do you say? <laughs> What happened to you? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I really love music. I learned playing piano when I was little, but the,、mm-hmm. it was just, you know, that's it actually. Just play piano just for fun for a few years, and then after, I really like listening to music as well, but the, they never expect me being a musician as well because we don't have any. Family background, anything, right?、Mm. What music were you、uh, listening to in that kind of period?、Uh, it was mostly classical music at some point, and、um, also, you know, some K pops. <laughs>、mm-hmm, yeah,、cool. yeah. And、um, I really like kind of、uh, instrumental playing the music from, you know, classical music because I really like the. 
I mean, the sounds of instrument, and I really enjoyed the vibe at the time. But I didn't know much about music. Just enjoyed it to listen it, but、uh, no one really explained me much. This kind of music, how to play, or blah blah kind of information. I, but that's why my parents were shocked as well because why <laughs> you wanna be a musician? <laughs> why? <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, where did this come from? Like, yeah, yeah. What、year? happened、that's、to you?、So、yeah. You didn't say me anything this morning, but what happened to you? What? What? I mean, did you do something? I mean, today we're. Something like that. So, and then I I told them like, hey, I saw、um, people almost like same age of mine. They were playing music together, and it was really awesome. So, <laughs> wow, it must. I guess if you don't spend a lot of time around live music, and then you see a whole kind of band playing instrumental music together, it can be super moving. Yeah, I mean, yeah. As I said, my hometown actually was really small, so I didn't really have many experience, you know, like to see live music or like kind of group music. Maybe that's why I got really shocked. It was like almost first time for me to see real like symphony orchestra playing. So, yeah. My mom actually absolutely like. She said no. <laughs> she said no. Take your time.、Uh, there's a lot of things you can do. But my dad, he said, "Oh, maybe you can try. You can start learning a little bit, and then you can decide what you want to be later." So he introduced me、um, a saxophone teacher because at that time he know. Actually, he only know. <laughs> Uh, that's the one music teacher he know. <laughs> yeah, so、okay. he introduced me, saxophone teacher. Then like, oh, I didn't expect that、uh, I could play saxophone at the time because I didn't know that instrument very well. But、uh, mm. uh, so anyway, I I started like renting like really really old cheap saxophone <laughs> and then try to learn. And、um, I still can remember like. The first moment I play saxophone, it was really fun. I I started like blowing, and、uh, I could hear my sound. Of course, it was really ugly sound, but um, I really like when I blowing out like boo, and then I can hear the weird sound, and then come from the horn, and just like oh my god, this is so much fun. <laughs> so、uh, yeah, that's how I started. But then. Uh, at the time, the the saxophone teacher of mine, he's also Korean, but he was very very strict person. Yeah, and enforced me to practice a lot, and you know, and then the main point was it was really happy、uh, studying with him. So、uh, I asked my dad to find another teacher. So、um, mm. that's how I met. My jazz teacher, first time, yeah. At the time, my teacher actually he he just moved from Canada.、Uh, from Canada. Yeah, he got a new、uh, teaching job in Korea, so he's Canadian. But、um, anyway, he moved from Canada to teach his student at the school, and then at the time, I got introduced him. So、uh, that's how I started uh learn jazz. <laughs> So actually, at the time, there's no jazz CDs or radio or like kind of YouTube. There's no YouTube at the time, 
So um, he actually bought me some couple of jazz CDs to listen to. And I didn't know what it was, but just brought it to home and trying to listen it. The first few times, it was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't like that, actually. Like, especially because it was like Charlie Parker, everything, just like. Yeah, I was going to ask if you remembered what the CDs were. Yeah, yeah, it was a few Charlie Parkers and a few other, I think. Okay. But um, one day, I, when I just, I, it was kind of my duty just listening to jazz. Because my teacher asked me to do so, maybe uh, and actually, actually, I really like his sound, my teacher's sound, and like mm-hmm. everything. But I didn't know what it was, just so just started listening to CDs. But and I just picked one CD on my radio, and then just and the after after first first track played, I was like, what is it? <laughs> it was John Coltrane. Oh, yeah. And um, there was the first track of Coltrane's sound, the album. Um, so it's called uh, The Night Has a Thousand Eyes. Mm-hmm. I think that there was the first tune on the record. Just like, uh, wow, this is amazing. I really like this sound, mm-hmm. like rhythm, like vibe, everything. I think I want to play like this. Then like, I started like listening John Coltrane record a lot. like. Mm-hmm. No one really understand me at the time. Like, why are you listening like that? <laughs> because yeah. all my friends at the time, they all played classical music. So they even don't know like what is jazz. I was kind of widow, like kind of weird girl in the class because I, <laughs> I was only one just playing jazz, listening jazz and who really loved jazz. And, um, I love that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, oh, okay. Um, but um, so after that, like, I graduated high school. Then I got to study in Seoul. Finally, after so I moved to Seoul mm-hmm. for you know studying at the university. Okay, because I had some awareness so, of you living there, so that's why I wondered if you grew up there as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's how I you know got a, a professional career in Seoul but the before that I actually mm. came from another city <laughs> in Korea yeah yeah so yeah. you so you moved to Seoul and you started uh studying but were you studying uh jazz already or were you doing something else and playing jazz as a like a side thing uh yeah I studied jazz actually mostly yeah but um also studying some pop style as well because at the time we, we had to learn anyway how to play, you know, like kind of session, how to play like pop or K-pop stuff as a like side main. But the, mostly I learned, yeah, jazz. And then the program was also like kind of jazz. So um, after I moved to Seoul, uh, while I was studying at the university, I also trying to play, you know, and then trying to get some gig in like many venues in Seoul as well so that's how I started like play on the stage <laughs> yeah mm. so. and I guess in Seoul then there is a bit of a jazz yeah. scene I mean, that exists there yeah yeah I mean Seoul has jazz scene of course we have uh, some great venues like jazz clubs and also um, there's some few really big jazz festivals 
in Seoul as well. So I think it's very popular somehow. I don't know, like maybe because there's so many people going to the jazz festival. Even like some people don't know jazz, but um, anyway, just I mean, jazz festival in Korea is kind of one of the uh, popular events. <laughs> going to like yeah, I don't know why. Maybe it's kind of a picnic kind of vibe for some uh... people. But uh, anyway, it's like. Yeah, there's some great jazz festival anyway we have. Yeah, but uh, at the time when I started play actively, uh, there's few great jazz clubs in Seoul. So I uh, luckily got some regular gigs there mm-hmm. with yeah different groups, and then got to play with so many people in Korea as well. How old were you when all this was sort of happening? It was like. 20 year old something like that wow yeah. so it's like five years after you started playing yeah so just like it was really fun because as i said uh, from my hometown i didn't have any you know friends to play with kind of weird jazz music but uh, yeah i was really excited when i moved to seoul and then got a gig and play jazz all the time it was really fun i was kind of you know uh looks like party girl because I want to go there, go there and check the music and the play music there and then meeting people and play, you know, fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I was really, I mean, it was really fun time for me, you know, learning jazz, mm-hmm. especially like play jazz on the stage and then learning a lot and then meeting like so many new people and also from another country or, you know, so... That was a really, really fun part of my life as a magician. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah. And I'm curious to know, like, I, I can only assume being in Korea, which, you know, has some real cultural differences to, to New York, where you are now. How does the jazz scene in Korea compare? Mm-hmm. What are some of the defining things about it that you notice? Uh, I think the most big difference uh, between state or Europe Korea jazz fans are very young. <laughs> cool. Very young, yeah. I mean, when you go to jazz club to play music, you can see all young people there, kind of like rock star. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, I don't know, it's kind of new culture as well, mm. like enjoying to listen to jazz like for our generation is kind of a new culture i think so uh yeah actually i remember still remember one of my friends he came from germany at the time and he he told me that i'm so surprised about how korean jazz fans are young Mm. just like my generation like 20s 30s also he said i'm very impressed how this young people listen to jazz <laughs> yeah yeah and also if you go to like jazz festival or something like that you can see all people there like all the generations mm. but most of the young people it's kind of hip i don't know it's kind of hip cultures for them it's interesting yeah yeah and then korea also i mean so there's there's also like kind of area is called the Hongdae. Hongdae area is really popular for indie jazz scene, indie artists. So um, there's few great jazz clubs actually located in Hongdae as well. So um, it's kind of popular indie scene at that time. So that's why maybe younger people are trying to 
hang out in jazz club and you know just listen to jazz. So it was kind of very active at some point, you know, and um, it was really fun to see young people listening to jazz. So I think it's the biggest difference between yeah, wow. yeah another country. That's what I thought. Yeah. That sounds very, very refreshing as a as a musician yeah. playing and as a young musician playing too to have your audience be people that are your peers and people you can relate to and mm-hmm. also probably puts a lot of new energy into the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's very unique. <laughs> and I mean, I know that you're not living there now, but uh, are there things that you've kind of seen change or evolve over the time that you've been playing jazz in Korea? Um. I don't know. Actually, for me, Korea jazz is getting bigger. But uh, after Corona started, mm, yeah. I saw a couple of jazz clubs already closed permanently, <sighs> which was so sad for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not... Jazz festival is getting bigger and bigger and popular, but um, for reality, the jazz club sometimes almost empty. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know what to say. I mean, it seems like scene, jazz scene in Korea was growing so fast because so many younger musicians, also like young, you know, mm. jazz fans, listeners. But uh, now I don't think it's getting bigger. It's just somehow it's getting yeah. paused. <laughs> Yeah. yeah Maybe. Hopefully that energy will return when. Yeah. And the, are yeah. And then the jazz festival things were really like big event because of uh, this happened. Like everything were closed and then, you know, getting smaller. So um, I don't know. I don't. I hope we can get it back again. But um, it'll take time. That's what I heard and that's what I found. But uh, I haven't been there like more than a year now. I have no idea. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so you were playing in Korea, starting to gig around Seoul, and then I guess at some point you decided to move to the States. Yeah. That was the next kind of step. Yeah. And so how did that come about? What inspired that and what gave you the opportunity to do that? Um, actually, I always wanted to be here in New York because it's the... I mean, because jazz is actually part of American culture, right? So this is a city, most biggest city to see, you know, and to meet all the jazz musicians from all country. Also, it's, I mean, the the level and the, everything is vast in New York, right, for jazz. Mm. So I always wanted to come, you know, to see. And then at the time I was decided coming to New York, like, Oh, maybe I need, I needed more new experience, you know, and uh, I, I also wanted to study more mm. in very academic, you know, way because I mostly learned jazz actually like through play with other musicians, but not really like very theoretically or like kind of academically. I never approached that much so uh, maybe I should maybe it would it'll be really mm. good also refreshing me out like being better musician at some point so yeah that's why I yeah moved here it's, and then I got accepted from Manhattan School of Music 
yeah, which I really wanted to go. So I was very happy to move here. <laughs> it was 2015. And what was your time at Manhattan School of Music like? Um, so <laughs> actually, I got my uh, master's degree there, and um, I really entirely I really liked it. I could meet great people there, also great teachers. It was amazing. And um, yeah, I mostly liked it, but I didn't like it at some point because it was too much sometimes. Like, it was pretty intense program for me, especially I because at the time it was everything was first time for me. I just moved from Korea, so language and culture, everything was mm. so different. I had to big learn. culture shock and a big language, yeah. uh, like. Maybe just getting used to everything being right. in English all the and, time. You know, so. culture also is is so different. Some point and and um, it was mm. first time. That's why I had a lot of a lot of <laughs> that. I mean, I struggle actually like so many things besides music as well because I need to find my apartment, how to make a reese or like blah blah blah. All the living things. It was also really challenging for me. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, yeah, I thought I could. Meeting more people outside of school as well, and then play more music or blah blah, but the, no, it wasn't that <laughs> much like that because uh, my school life was really you know intense anyway. Like I couldn't do anything else. Sometimes just doing homework or practice, you know, like writing some music all the time. So I was just sitting in the uh, practice room, just play music, and then <sighs> it was like oh. There's no personal music life, but uh, it was only two years, so it was fine. It's okay. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Yeah. It's very understandable. I guess if your whole time playing jazz so far, you'd had a lot of freedom to like, yeah, follow your interests and experiment with what you liked. It would be a big shock. Yeah, that was what I expected, but it it wasn't really smooth. First few months was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. That was a really tough time. But, but yeah, but um, I learned learned so much things, and um, I'm still glad I could make it because some things actually like, for example, like playing in the um, upper Cuban jazz orchestra or like writing or arrangement for like symphony orchestra was really fully amazing experience for me and then i'm sure if i was in korea i i'm sure i never got this kind of opportunity mm. learning like new point of view of music mm-hmm. so um, do you, do you remember some experience where you really had that moment of being like holy shit i'm in new york you know like i we're playing jazz like i'm here and this is the moment that You yeah, really... yeah. I mean, there's a lot <laughs> of moment. I I I thought that, but like especially when you're meeting your musical heroes, just like face to face or talk with them, it's kind of blowing my mind. Just like, oh, oh, this is New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's one person you met that was like super exciting? Uh, so I still remember Chris Porter. He was at our school for the master class. It was, I think, the second day or third day of the um, first semester. Okay. Yeah, it's just like, oh, wow, Chris Porter here and, you know, <laughs> play music, talk. Then I saw he just walk 
after the masculine, he walked to subway with the horn. He looked very like normal person. Then I I feel like oh I'm in you right now because Chris Porter I I only saw him through YouTube you know like <laughs> yeah I I saw him once in Korea as well I I got a chance to talk him a little bit but just you know it was mostly just say hi something like that but um feeling so normal like he just go and walk on the street and I just saw him from like my practice room just like wow that's Chris Porter. He's just passing, <laughs> passing the um my room, just window, just like oh, okay, this is New York, this is so much fun, <laughs> something like yeah, something like that. You know, just go yeah. walk or you know take a subway or whatever. It's just you can see or like they're just such go- a they're just a normal human going about yeah, their day. Yeah, yeah. There's like Peter Bonstein eating tacos, something like that. Just like oh, <laughs> it was really really fun for me. And um, uh, yeah, and then in the school, I really also like when sixty people in the orchestra playing my music. Oh wow! Uh, at the moment, like oh my god, this is New York. Yeah, this is only happening in New York for me. Yeah, my arrangement got to played by all the, like full orchestra and then conducted by Jim McNeely. Oh, just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow. And how did you find it coming into that course without like a, a network of friends and stuff? Were people welcoming? Did you find people to, you know, uh, build your new relationships with? Or was it a little bit difficult to build that? Um, <laughs> it was really difficult to build a relationship for me first time. Mm. I know some few Korean friends in the same school but uh, mostly they are all studying in classical department mm. so um, at the time I was I feel like very isolated in the class because I was the um, mostly only Asian also female instrument player in the class sometimes yeah, yeah. I mean especially like big bands were kind of yeah sometimes I was the only <laughs> female instrumental player in the big band is just like oh i have no idea how to start make a relationship <laughs> with yeah, yeah not only you the, the only woman in the room yeah when there's just like, sometimes uh, a cultural barrier with that but then you're also a korean woman and not in her own country trying to yeah wow yeah just like and also you know language and culture everything were so different so i didn't know where I could start, you know, to make the, uh, to build my relationship with people. Mm-hmm. I I actually I'm I'm very like outgoing person. Uh, I really like people, friends, everything. But um, at the time I was very like timid, just like oh, shit. I don't know what should I do. Just like sitting there, play a little bit, and go home, you know. <laughs> Oof, wow. Yeah, it took time actually to for me, you know, mm. make friends there. <laughs> But finally, um, I especially like all my classmates were really nice. But the, a few weeks later, like I could get some friends. Finally, eventually, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think first semester was just like that. I was very quiet yeah. in the class and um, didn't know what to do. <laughs> do you feel like you started to break down those barriers? like through the music or was it just time or was there something like uh i remember oh well 
It's pretty long time ago. <laughs> I think I started hanging out with uh, my friends who were in the same ensemble group. I think how I started like real relationship with others. It was like small combo, just like five, six, seven people in the group. So I started playing, and then thankfully in, in that group, there's more female musicians in the class. So um, I started hanging out with them first. Yeah, play little together as well, and um, then like we then we became really good friend. Cool. So we just went, you know, like jazz clubs to listen to music on the weekend. Go, you know, having fun. Also, I <laughs> took them to Koreatown in New York City. <laughs> we having so many Korean. Food and also like Korean style. Like I, I teach them actually a kind of Korean style, like alcohol <laughs> cultures <laughs> and then everything. <laughs> It's just like yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, they loved Korean food, so you know that was really easy to start for me. You know, make real <laughs> relationship. So uh, it's yeah. kind of getting popular hang actually afterwards. And so many friends actually in the in the same class. They asked me like, oh, next time when you go to Korean BBQ restaurant, please take me there too. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> food is a good way of, to make friends. <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of a uh, famous hang. Yeah, and then also at the time, my apartment has a little space for you know kind of lounge space, mm. so I could invite people there just for hangout. So I started like make party almost every you know week or <laughs> every month. <laughs> cool. All right. So yeah, just like okay. Let's drink and cooking some Korean food for friends. So you became the center of the party then. Yes, yes. I was kind <laughs> of a party girl. <laughs> cool. Anyway, <laughs> the time too. So it it helped me a lot because after I got some great friends in the class, I feel much better. Like, oh, I could play better. You know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it would help you to relax, I guess, in that. Yeah, kind of context. yeah. Eventually, yeah. I was so glad I, I got to meet some great friends there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I wonder at this time, you know, you you mentioned earlier on that John Coltrane was an early uh, influence, but mm-hmm. I was just curious to know some of your other inspirations at that point in time and. Were you still playing in the same area of interest, or has your interest changed over time? Oh, I think that's a really good question because um, so when I was in Korea, uh, the time I was playing in Korea, I mostly playing all that period music from fifty, sixty, seventy. It's mostly hard pop style. Mm-hmm. I really into that kind of a style, so I mostly trying to make sounds like that. But um, since I moved to New York, I I mean the great thing I really learned was like opening my musical you know barrier. So mm. um, that's why I try to like discover like musicians I never got into before, but just go their gig or trying to listen more like something new for me. Like more contemporary or like mm. different ensemble or like kind of like that. So my music still based on hard bop, bebop, all the stuff I really into. But um, somehow I 
yeah, through that ex- experience in New York, like somehow I could able to you know open up my mind for mm. music. Then like trying to mix up a little bit contemporary or kind of stuff, and um, the funny thing I really found was when I. Right when I every time I not every time but most of the time I trying to write original music. Mm. Finally, I knew like oh I got inspired some contemporary style of music or like yeah kind of that style. Mm. So right. Yeah. So when you're writing your own music, you're discovering that you like oh, I absorb more, this kind of yes uh, yes a little bit more taste now just like that. Mm. But but I'm sure uh, because after my first album released, I saw many reviews of my uh, music, <laughs> and then, yeah, most of people mentioned about me as um a uh, hardball based saxophone player. But um, still my composition style or everything also really uh, got more taste, yeah, mm. from mm. you know past and present something like that. Mm. Uh, so I thought my identity before was hot pop jazz musician, but then now I feel like more like I'm not kind of like super modern player, but I'm still kind of open to play more like different style of music. Also, trying to get more idea from other musics too. Yeah, so, yeah, that's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, so uh, New York actually experience in New York has changed. My mind a lot, also musically and everything. So mm. um, I feel like I still I'm still learning everything, and um, if I find something kind of new, you know, taste of music or kind of feeling, I try to remember and using it in my music. So I don't think now I I don't think I I'm gonna called by others like as a hard pop musician, but uh, I think I'm more like open. Now a little bit compared to before, mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah. And so, as I understand it, you live and were living in New York, but you spent a little bit of time playing away from New York in the states. Is that right? Oh yeah, I uh, I lived in Charlottesville before Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I moved New York. It was two thousand fifteen after mm-hmm. I graduated Manhattan School of Music. It was two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, my husband and I both planned to go back to Korea after we graduation, but um, we we changed Is our he mind. American or no, he's Korean. Korean as well. Did you bring him to America or? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, we moved here both uh, okay. same time. Uh, he studied another school. Okay. I study music, but his major is also different of mine. But um, yeah, mm. we we moved here at the same time. We planned together, but the location was different. He lived in, uh, he studied in UVA, uh, U- University of Virginia. Mm. I studied in MSM. So uh, we were in the long distance relationship for two years <laughs> while we were studying yeah master degree. Then uh, we we decided stay in United States, but um, at that moment he got a job in Virginia Charlottesville, so I had to move down there after uh, graduate. Okay. And um, I didn't like sure I like it because I didn't know anyone there, like especially mm-hmm. in jazz. I had no idea like what I could do there, and then at the moment I was pregnant. 
my first child so right after the graduation yeah oh, <laughs> so wow yeah okay yeah it's all happening cha- <laughs> yeah a lot of things changed like since graduate as well so just like oh anyway i had to move down there i still remember that night i told my husband honey i feel much better today because i at first semester of pregnancy was really hard for me like i had a morning sickness oh, everything no. just like oh <laughs> couldn't deal with anything but um i think it was a, a month after i moved to shallsville i felt like oh i'm feeling great today so maybe i want to go to check some air i mean especially for jazz and um at that time uh, uh the trumpeter his name is john Ders. he's kind of icon of virginia jazz scene because he's amazing teacher amazing player amazing composer he's kind of an icon everybody know him <laughs> so i also know him because so many people in new york also mentioned about him if you go to virginia you should meet john darth okay so at the night uh john darth he actually he had a running jazz gig every thursday night at miller's it's kind of restaurant in downtown Charlottesville. so i just I just go there with my horn. At the time, I was like with my yeah. little belly. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, the night I just walked in the venue and um, he came to me like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> because he saw my horn. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I, this is Purim. I just moved Charlottesville. Uh, but can I play one song with you? <laughs> can I sit in? <laughs> and uh, he said he was super nice guy. So he's yeah, of course, of course. I played one tune with him at the night, and then he was like, "Oh my god, this is." I mean, he said he said like he was very impressed. So uh, next cool. day he asked me to join his band. Yeah, <laughs> just like. <laughs> just like oh my god <laughs> because i know all the band members were like kind of working with him more than 10 years mm. like all the local musicians but yeah it just <laughs> happened next day so like i, I was so <laughs> glad because through genders i got to meet so many great people there also from many cities because all the people uh you know jazz musicians they all, you know, visited John Dorsky when whenever they come to Charlottesville because he is amazing. So, uh, so for one year, I ha- I learned so much from, and I got to meet great people there and then play music a lot there. Wow. Even though I was in the pregnancy. Yeah, I was gonna say, that, and then had a baby all in that year. Uh, <laughs> he he was doing great in my belly. He was very good. I mean, why I'm playing? Sometimes he kicked in my belly because maybe he liked it. Or yeah, he's, he's dancing. <laughs> yeah, sort of. That's what I feel. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it was really happy, yeah, moment for me because I was very, actually, I was very nervous all the time because it was like, I didn't know anyone and I'm, I was pregnant. I had no idea what should I do, but, uh, my pregnancy was pretty smooth. So I could, uh, able to play almost end of the, uh, pregnancy. So just like, oh, I could keep playing music and so many people were like, encourage me and help me out to play music together so 
uh, after one year, we moved to New York again. But um, that year was the um, almost like best moment, and um, I still feel really grateful I could be uh, part of the uh, scene in Virginia. Yeah, we were still keep in touch sometimes, and I sometimes down there to play still. I mean. Before Corona, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not after Corona, but uh, of course, yeah, yeah. Still, I feel like I have a another you know, second hometown in the United States. That's my experience in Charlottesville. So, nice. so nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so then you mentioned a little bit before, uh, but you recorded an album not too long ago, a few years ago now, I guess. Uh, it was I recorded uh two thousand nine. 19 December. So at that point, were you back in almost New York? Yeah, or? yeah, back in New York. So we yeah moved back to New York in oh yeah 2018. Okay. Uh, July I think. Cool. Then I recorded my album 2018 December. Then it released uh 2019 uh June I think yeah. That's the timeline. Can you yeah. talk? I'm just curious about that album, like what the process of recording that was like and writing and. Oh yeah, um, so the album "The Real Blue." It's actually my name. It's directly translation, uh, in English. So um, the real mm. blue, my name. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah, the the reason why I put my name as an album, you know, title because uh, every song is actually all. Can be you know demonstrate myself. Mm. So uh, it I wrote and your name translated into English. It's like a, it's almost like it was meant to be. It's a real jazz sounding <laughs> phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's blue, right? Blue is kind of yeah. iconic. <laughs> yeah, uh, word in jazz, right? So yeah, yeah. that's why I I kind of like my name, even though it's really uh, hard to pronounce. Sometimes for some people, but um, still, you know, I really love my name, so that's why I put my name as a title, and then all the songs, everything inside my album is like uh, about myself as a musician, also female musician, and also you know as a mom, you know, wife, mm. <laughs> and also immigrant because yeah, I was born in Korea, so mm. all the struggle. Uh, and but still happy, grateful. Every feeling I I try to put in my album, and I thought that it's just me, yeah. Mm. So yeah, I mostly did composition uh, while I was in MSM as well. But I put more stuff after that, uh, talking about my life anyway. So mm. my title song is called Trembling Forward. It's kind of song. Uh, for me, you know, to move forward, because there's so many hurdles actually for me, like as an immigrant as well. It's kind of a song for me and my husband to move forward, even though it's really hard, and we tremble, but move forward. That's how my spirit <laughs> came from. So I put the name name of song just like that. And um, mm. uh, for example, uh, the second song "Aoa," it's it's babbling of my baby boy. At the time, he was like uh, two months old, something like that. And he started to make wow. sounds, just like "ow, ow, oh, something like that. So maybe that was really fun 
time for both of us the baby so then we started singing just like oh, 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 oh for fun then i just got the idea from that and maybe i can make that song with this melody we made so yeah <laughs> so the main melody is just like oh, 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 something like that so, so that's the main motif i made that song <laughs> so it's kind of dedicated to my song as well so yeah, it's it's yeah. all all the song actually is mostly talking about myself and life and everything. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, from what I from what I saw as well, like it was a pretty well received album. So something to be super proud of. You put something very personal out there, and people really enjoy yeah. it. So yeah, I mean, I feel amazing. still really lucky because I got really good reviews from various part of world. Also, every like kind of. Yeah, it was really like fun. I I mean, I didn't re- really expect the people like it actually, <laughs> because it's <laughs> it's more like uh my personal like life and feeling and every kind of that. And then I didn't sure people like it too. But the I'm so glad anyway. Like I got good achievement through that album, and then I'm so grateful. Like people really liked this album and end up got a really good reviews. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel like I'm so lucky anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then you you did a tour. You did like there's a live album that you also released that was recorded in Barcelona mm-hmm. of the songs from yeah that album. yeah I put the song was that part of a tour or uh no it's not part of a tour of the album okay. year blue it's uh, uh so the uh barcelona album actually it's recorded even before the year blue album oh, yeah okay. but released almost like uh after a year uh yeah so at that time i was in barcelona i got a, i got invited actually from ignacy terraza pianist yeah he's from barcelona also he's a pianist of andrea mutis Mm -hmm. uh but the back in the day uh actually ignacy and i met in korea first time it was like 2010 something like that because uh at that time he was in korea for the gig and then actually my friend of mine he invited ignacy to come to korea to play and then after their gig it was trio i think kind of a tv show recording something like that and then they finished that and it just came to my gig afterwards we just naturally play a couple of songs and hang out later then we became a friend then we actually keep in touch uh but never uh yeah never met afterwards like for a while but uh one day he tried to reach it up me but um uh, at that time i was trying to giving up birth my child <laughs> in the hospital yes. he actually called me at that day and then hi Purim, i wanted to invite you to um uh one of the festival in barcelona could you come and play with me then I said, oh, maybe I can do that because, but just give me a moment because I'm right now about to give my birth, my child. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm sure I can make it. So yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll figure it out. It's yeah, fine. I figure it out. So uh, yeah, no worries. No worries. I can do wow. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then 
yeah, it was after six months we finally met and play again in Barcelona. So,、uh, and I asked him to let's record all the gigs we do because I think it's going to be really fun to release.、Mm. And、um, yeah, and it released through his label, which is called Sweet Record. So that's、okay. how we started tour. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we started tour. <laughs>、yeah. And that kind of comes to something that I wanted to talk about. How did you manage that with your kid that was like six months or whatever?、Um, it's crazy. I think I was crazy enough at the time <laughs> because I, I I can't still believe how could I say yes for the tour with a six month old baby. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you did it.、So、yeah, I did know, it. You yeah, were maybe not so crazy. I did also live recording as well. I was very scared because at the time my son was really young, so I was scared like he's crying or not.、Uh, mm. Why I'm, you know, doing live recording? But he was doing great actually. So、uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean,、good. I don't know how to. I have no idea how to deal with this actually with, you know, young. Baby at the time,、mm. but you know, well, I don't know. So many, I I can say like so many people actually helped me anyway to keep my career as a musician. And also, I am yeah. Even though I became a mom, I never thought that I need to give up at some point as a musician.、Mm. I never give up. I never stop playing music. Whenever I change it. Uh, my life, you know, change it. My body, everything. But you know, never, never, never give up my life as a musician. So that's how I could keep my career as a mom and music.、Yeah. And、um, it was really hard first few months, as all moms know, it's really hard to deal with like really young kid. But、uh, still, I could get a little time to practice and discover. You know. Myself in music a little bit,、mm. yeah. Just like for example, if my husband can babysit, I gotta like one hour to play or practice whatever at home. Just like before I start practice, I trying to like make some idea and build up、mm. all the stuff I wanna do when I'm on the real practice time. Yeah. So just oh, I wanna do this, 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 this. Trying to make a list. <laughs> Yeah,、and、you're already like mentally setting yourself up. Yeah,、for. yeah, kind of image training was very helpful for me. You know, think about it like before and in my head, in my mind, just like oh, I I'm gonna do this today, blah 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 blah, and just little by little, I train little bit every day. Yeah, as I told you, like I never give up, kind of that、uh, you know side because I'm always thinking about music and.、Hmm. Um, Yeah, even though I cannot do you know physically practice or whatever, but、um, mentally always like trying to be focused, what I want to play or what I want to make or blah blah blah.、Mm. So I I'm sure everyone can do that actually as a mom. It's not easy, but、no. if you keep trying yourself in the in the track. Yeah, yeah, well, I guess、I'm、I mean、sure. I guess that's it. Like we spoke about this together briefly before the interview, but I guess there are, you know, a lot of women、mm-hmm. in in all sorts of professional fields and all sorts of creative professional fields, but like even in jazz specifically, there are so many women who probably 
are faced with this difficulty of when they have a child, like how does that affect their musical career and their opportunities? Having been through that so far for you as someone who chose to continue working and was successful in that, do you have some key bits of advice or things that you'd like them to know going into that for themselves? For me, I mean, music always comes from my life as well. Mm. So um, if you are satisfying your life, also it makes your music better too. So Mm. that's why I didn't, uh, you know, afraid being a mom because it's kind of part of my life. So, um, and also as a result, I, I mean, physically, I still, I don't really have much time to do something sometimes, but, um, I'm sure my, my music is getting better because my life also is getting better with my kid. Mm. So I can't imagine living without my kid anymore. It's just like, yeah, he's kind of my inspiration, you know, also, Uh, inspiration for music but also my life you know when I feel getting tired of my life sometimes you know kind of depression or something like especially in the corona time but um, my kid always kind of bright me like make me feel better at the time I can you know oh there's a hope because I have a kid and uh, you know he can be you know better person all the time so you know that's why music also kind of related like how you live how you live your life you know so you know i don't know i mean some pe- maybe there's many people maybe have another opinion but then for me like my life fully charged with like real happiness with my family mm-hmm. then like all the music and you know, inspiration all the motivation also come from you know my family as well just like i think it's it's great actually like experience yeah. finally i have a my own story to tell through music to people right it's also come from you know my family all the experience with family so and then actually child is growing up so fast <laughs> so yeah yeah, you can also get your physical time back at some point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not like before having a kid, but um, still, it's getting better and better. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's beautiful. I love, I love how easily you said that your, your music is inspired by, you know, yeah. your, your child <laughs> and your family and, yeah. you know, that that makes your music better. I think... Uh, it just came from you so so effortlessly that that was true. It's, it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then, yeah, I mean, then talking about your family kind of inspiring you and your inspiration moving ahead in your career. I know we're in Corona times now, so I guess that changes a lot of the opportunities that yeah. there are. But in your career as a musician, do you have specific things that you're working on at the moment or goals that you have for the future, things that you would like to do? Yeah, actually, uh, before the corona, I planned several recording sessions in uh, several different groups. But I had to resume it because of, because of corona. We can, I don't really want to take any risk 
you know、mm. like for example if you go to studio for the recording we all need to cover our face and refresh it studio every time i think it's kind of really it's kind of bothering for me、mm. the vibe with corona so that's why i stopped all the recording stuff i planned before but um i mean after we If we end this situation soon, I I want to go back to studio, you know, recording some new project. Yeah, I in my mind, there's two actually project I really want to record it in the future.、Uh, one is called Super Sex. That's what I want to do. It's ideally having all female saxophone player in New York City and then recording it together as a group. I、cool. I think it's it's really 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 fun project for me. So that's the one、uh, project I really want to do as soon as possible. Then、uh, one other thing is、uh, actually I always wanted to record it uh, myself uh, as a duo. I I want to hook up a really great pianist and you know make music as a duo. That's actually one of my dream project. So yeah, that's the one I also wanted to do、uh, after. Corona, <laughs> then you know I supposed to play、uh, some other groups also recording and stuff, but we unfortunately we couldn't make it. <laughs> then then one other thing is, so、uh, we plan make um small studio in my house, just、mm. like for streaming or yeah、mm. doing some like home studio for myself. So because right now actually my apartment is really small and cannot make noise at the time. <laughs> yeah, because everybody stay at home and works from home, which I cannot make noise sometimes. So、uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was okay before Corona because mostly people、uh, out of house just play. But、um, right now everybody in everybody inside, so、um, I can't play much. That's why we moved to new place. Then, yeah, I want to make you know my own place to play music. And also, the things are changed so much after Corona. So、uh, I think also streaming, kind of like digital, making video or recording myself, it's kind of really important steps for the future. So it's. I think it's a good investment. Yeah, it's good investment. Also, kind of a new platform for the、uh, musician, especially for our generation. I think it's very important to us, like make get used to kind of streaming or like using social media. So I think it's very important to learn、uh, and using this kind of platform. For our、yeah. young generations, that's yeah, why. Yeah, that's. I'm not really good at it yet, but、uh, maybe I can release like regularly my music or other stuff. You know, like digital. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, digital content. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a learning process. I think for anyone with that kind of thing, I but. I think you're right. So many of the women that I've spoken to so far, you know, someone has their own record label that they release on, or just people speaking about for them the value of being able to、mm-hmm. kind of record and release their own music, being in charge of that.、Mm-hmm. Or I know, like recently, I spoke with Camille Thurman, and she was talking about setting up a studio at home, yeah, you yeah. know, so they could record there and.、Mm-hmm. 
and a number of people yeah, yeah trying to find ways to set up space at home yes. for the corona period but then you know with so many jazz musicians releasing their own music these days you can see how that would translate into like a future yes, uh, yeah exactly i don't know advantage mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think that's our next goal actually for musicians so that's why i also wanted to uh develop myself as a digital streaming kind of make some produce music through digital platforms mm. yeah because the world is changing who knows the future that's so true um i have like a couple of kind of smaller questions sure one is i was thinking about like because we were speaking about um you know, the kind of music culture that you were coming through in South Korea before. Mm -hmm. And I've talked on previous episodes about, about what it's like for young girls coming up in music, not only in jazz maybe, but just in general, like what the culture is like for girls starting to play music and, you know, becoming professional musicians. Mm -hmm. And I just wondered in Korea... What is the culture like there for, for young girls learning to play music and, and getting into music? Mm -hmm. um, is it maybe different to here? Or? Yeah. I, I mean, I've checked one of your episodes before uh, talking about mm. this with Australian girl. Mm. Sorry, I couldn't remember her name. But yeah, I've, so I've been thought about this topic too. But um, Korea also pretty much men-dominated scene when I was there. Mm. And for example, like when I was play jazz saxophone, and all people told me that you are the first uh, jazz female saxophonist I've ever, ever seen. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's I don't know. It's it sometimes it's good. I trying to take advantage of it because I'm uh, only girl in the band or very unique jazz female saxophonist in Korea uh, because mm. uh, at the time I was playing there actively uh, there's not much female home player as well mostly jazz singer or pianist but uh, no home players or even no drummers at the time mm. I so many people ask me like many questions about like, how about your life as a female jazz musician I just say like it's great anyway, uh, generally, but um, I didn't also like because, yeah, it's, it's as I told you, like it's men dominated scene also culturally too. Mm. So when I, for example, I play at the jazz club and some people treat me like, oh, she's the um, party girl like who play and go out every night and then she playing in the bar so like maybe she's not <laughs> i mean so they didn't take you seriously as a musician because yeah, you were and, like yeah. they were saying oh she's the party girl she just plays yeah, saxophone but she, she wants to have a party some, or something yeah oh, and some people <laughs> thought me like uh she took advantage of it uh, compared to her you know skills maybe she's famous because she's female mission mm. I don't know, like, so I trying to be, um, you know, better musician, great musician compared to men because 
it's not kind of winning game. It's just music. It's art. Mm. Yeah, it's not a competition necessarily. Yeah, it's like self-expression. But the, so, but the, I was always on the um, competition mode with, for example, if I play or having a jam session, and then there's some guys came to the venue and playing. And then I just try do my best and trying to enjoy myself. But they always told me that maybe she's she wanted to fight with me in the stage, or <laughs> she's very aggressive, or I don't know. I heard that mm. uh, kind of opinion so much, maybe because of I'm a girl. Mm. And um, okay, so just all over the world well, that men think that strong women are aggressive, then yeah, apparently. <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. Many not every, but um, so many men doesn't like strong women as well. So just like, <laughs> do you see it changing in Korea? Uh, yeah, after Me Too or stuff, kind of. Yeah, I think it's a little bit changing in a day. And I saw great female jazz musician right now. Like maybe people started respect more than at my time, but um, mm. still, still when I'm doing something like, oh, that's too much. You gotta go. Just to stay away. Sometimes you know, like I don't know. I don't really care about like how I look like or how I. I don't really care about it. I only care about music. But the people also just told me that oh, you should. You should wear better dress up, or <laughs> mm. you should put makeup, or you, because you you need to look better because oh. you're a girl. You should care about yourself for better looking. So I mean, yeah, that's what I heard mostly. I think- it was like way way ago. It's almost like ten years ago. Okay. So, okay. but um, I was young, young woman. Yeah. So no one really. Protect me, like sometimes at some points, just like I don't think they trying to attack me uh, emotionally or anything. But um, still, like I didn't really. Uh, the worst thing I ever heard was, uh, when I decided got married with my husband. Mm-hmm. People told me that some people told me that oh, you know what? When when female musician got married, they gonna. Uh, <laughs> They gotta quit playing music soon, <laughs> because oh my god, because the the role of the uh, wife just take care of your husband, for, especially for jazz musician, always playing in the night, very late night, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, and then people told me that no one really liked that at all if you got married. So, is this in Korea? Made, or? Yeah, it's in Korea. Okay, so yeah. you should. You gotta be careful because your husband doesn't like you playing the night. But no, he really loves me playing. You must like, have a very yeah. supportive husband yeah, to be doing everything that you've been doing. He sounds amazing. Yeah, he never complained me. Why are you playing the night? <laughs> just say, like, yeah. So that was that was not happy, right? It's just like it's not good actually to listen to i mean i mean i was young still at the time like middle of 20 just like uh i didn't know what to say at the times but now maybe they cannot say anything to me because now i am still in the great relationship with my husband still play music (laughs) and i (laughs) and i have a kid so maybe no one could say like that 
right now. <sighs> you know. <laughs> well, you're showing them all yeah. now. You're doing everything. I know. I know. I'm just like I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> At least doing something afterwards after you know got married. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just talking about the way that you've been able to juggle having a, a son and. And still playing music and recording your album and traveling and and so on. It's yeah. uh, it's very inspiring and hopefully is encouraging to some people that are listening, who want yeah. to continue their artistic career or other like professional career with mm-hmm. young children. So, yeah. yeah, I have one last question, which is sure. a small thing, but I just wondered. Mm-hmm. I guess our listeners probably don't have so much access to an understanding of what's happening in the Korean jazz scene. And I wondered if you had any recommendations of uh, musicians uh, from Korea that people could maybe uh, check out. Uh, so there's actually many great jazz musicians from Korea, and um, actually also there's some like K-pop musicians also sometimes involved uh, with jazz musicians too. Okay. So yeah, that's really cool too. But. Uh, there's one girl also we studied together at MSM Manhattan School of Music but she originally from Korea as well her name is Jihedi she's a very unique jazz big band composer in New York City mm-hmm. I think she re- just finished recorded her second jazz big band album in New York City as well so I highly recommend to check her out because her music is very awesome just like really unique Mm. but she told me that she was actually singer-songwriter back in the day in Korea yeah she wasn't even jazz musician at the time so just like oh wow (laughs) yeah (sighs) Uh, there's very actually uh, let let me I I will think about it in a bit back to you later like about like Okay. Uh, who's very involved uh, jazz musician also in the um, K-pop area. I think it's good. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's good to know anyway. Yeah, I'm definitely curious. Yeah, because uh, in the jazz festival in Korea, sometimes main, you know, figures were K-pop stars too. <laughs> Even it's called jazz festival, but um, when you check the uh, headliners, uh, there's some K-pop <laughs> <laughs> musicians who's not really jazz musician, but they're all on the stage on the jazz festival, which is kind of weird for me sometimes. Like, why K-pop musicians were, you know, played? But somehow yeah. I I figured out some people were really good kind of a collaboration with jazz musicians as well. I think it's really good good to start with mm. to to teach what is the jazz to the um, K-pop jazz fans too. At K-pop fans too. Yeah, so absolutely. I think it's, good it's to a way start. that people can come into the music. Yeah, yeah. Because as I told you, uh, Korea jazz fans are pretty much young, so I think it's really good to start with collaboration with jazz music and with K-pop star. I think. It's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look forward to uh, some of the things that you share with me on uh, that. Yeah, so yeah, I can, yeah. Uh, hear uh, maybe it for I can share some link. Let me just think because I never thought about this question before. So it's just like <laughs> okay, that's I okay. need time to think about it. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think we've talked about a lot. Maybe we can finish yeah. here. Is yeah. that okay for yeah. you? 
Cool. Sounds great. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's been really fun talking to you and uh, super interesting. Uh, such a pleasure. Yeah, I mean, it's my honor. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, I, I had so much fun to just like talk about, you know, Korea jazz and also life of New York. <laughs> mm. And mm-hmm. um, I'm so glad I can share uh, my personal life as well. I mean, it's, it's kind of a rare experience for me, you know, being a um, immigrant, also, you know, dealing with yeah. motherhood, something like that. So I hope it, it could be uh, helpful for other, you know, female musicians who want to be a mom yeah, in the future, something like that. I'm sure it'll be inspiring for and interesting for many people. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm yeah. I'm glad to have heard your unique experience, and uh, <laughs> people should also go listen to your awesome music. Yeah, because you are so great. Woo! I love listening to your music. Thank you. Thank you. And um, yeah, I hope I could make another record soon, so I can share with you too again in the future. Mm. Oh, yes, that's, so that's what I hope this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come on, 2021. <laughs> 2021. I I hope it's better year for everyone. Seriously. Yeah, you know? I think it'll take a while, but maybe it'll start uh, getting better at some point. Yeah, but the, I, I'm sure it's getting better than last year. <laughs> mm. Me, too. Me too. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Bye. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to know more about Purim and her music, you can head to purimjin.com. I'll post a link to this website and some other content, including where you can buy her records, in the show notes. At the end of our chat, Purim also mentioned that there are some K-pop artists doing collaborations with jazz musicians, helping to bring jazz to a new, young Korean audience. Purim emailed me later to suggest the artist Lee Jin-a as an example our audience might like to check out. Lee jin was a top three finalist in season four of the Korean reality competition K-Pop Star and is a pianist, vocalist and songwriter whose K-Pop compositions are influenced by her background in studying jazz at college and inspired by musicians like Esperanza Spaulding. For those interested to check her out, I'll include a link to a sample of her work in the show notes. Thanks again to the Shake Em Up Jazz Band for allowing us to use their version of Vivian Gary's tune, A Woman's Places in the Groove, for our podcast theme. If you enjoyed this episode and are interested in this project, it would help us a lot if you could like, share and subscribe. Reviews on podcast hosting platforms like Apple Music are also super helpful for the podcast to gain exposure. If you'd like to follow Women in Jazz, you can join our mailing list on the website Follow us on Facebook and find us at Instagram with at women.in.jazz, where I do a regular Women of Jazz history feature, spotlighting a great female jazz musician of the past. You can also help to support the podcast by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash women in jazz. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you join me for the next episode.